Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to be with you here for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It's Tuesday, July 4th, 2023. This is the anniversary where we celebrate our uh, violent rebellion against the King of England because of uh, the stamp tax, <laughs> which we often forget the reason why we revolted was over a two and a half percent tax or so, uh, and that we would not have a tyrannical government over over us, but rather that we could live in freedom, uh, freedom to associate, freedom to confess, uh, freedom to redress for grievances, uh, freedom to buy and sell and trade as we see fit and without uh, any kind of oppressive commerce clause. <laughs> but oops, I didn't go quite as we'd planned. So um, I think there's probably actually a parallel. I was meditating upon this this morning. Uh, there's probably a parallel between the work of the church and the work of civil government. Um, both have its own sort of government. They're two different kingdoms, left and right-hand kingdom, we confess as Lutherans. Um, the left-hand kingdom being the state, the right-hand kingdom, that is the kingdom of Christ, being the church. Both um, are governed. The, the church is governed, of course, by the word of God. And uh, we have, as Christians, and especially as lay leaders, pastors, teachers, um, house fathers, etc., uh, need to be diligent constantly that the Word of God be the sole rule and norm for our faith and life, both in the Christian congregation, in our homes, um, in our larger church body, and we'll meet in convention later this summer. Right? And that requires constant vigilance because, as Jesus says, um, uh, sin crouches at the door, right? What's said to Cain back in the Old Testament. Um, or there's always uh, more and worse, seven worse uh, demons ready to take the place of the first one that's cast out. So, um, after being baptized into the faith, your your faith will be constantly attacked. Um, it's like having a bullseye on your back. So, there's this constant dig- diligent vigilance, we would say is the word, uh, that is required of Christians both to preserve the faith personally, but also corporately within family, church, um, and world. The, in the same way, we have in our civil government, we have a constitution that formed um, the nation and set the constraints and bounds of civil government. And yet uh, today we have a civil government that has far exceeded uh, the constraints and restraints that the constitution itself established. The courts have refused for um, about a hundred years actually to enforce, namely the 10th amendment um, and the contracts clause of the first article of the, of the uh, constitution, both of which prohibit the federal government from doing what it does with all of its various agencies and controls. All right. So uh, in the same way as good citizens, uh, we ask God to give us the confidence and the boldness and the courage um, to not only defend um, our nation, but also to reform our nation in the way that I think the founders actually had the right idea and they provided us the means of escape actually from uh, the tyranny that we experience. And to say that we're not uh, experiencing a tyrannical government, I think, is to be naive. So uh, we can rejoice in the founding of our country, or at least the Declaration of of Independence from the British Crown, which we'll do today, um, but also ask God to give us um, strength, hope, courage, diligence to protect, not just protect, but actually to restore the freedoms that we've lost um, as we fail to be diligent in protecting those freedoms that were established uh, in that declaration in particular. All right, uh, and we'll pray for that later on. But uh, our focus, of course, today, after those introductory remarks, 
will be on the Word of God. So, let us begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our psalm this week is Psalm 138. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul you increased. All the kings of the earth shall give thanks to you, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. And they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. We confess together our memory verse for the week. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Romans 12, verses 14 through 15. Catechism, Lord's Prayer, fifth petition. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. What does this mean? We pray in this petition that our Father in heaven would not look at our sins or deny our prayer because of them. We are neither worthy of the things for which we pray, nor have we deserved them. But we ask that he would give them all to us by grace, for we daily sin much and surely deserve nothing but punishment. So we too will sincerely forgive and gladly do good to those who sin against us. Okay, first reading today is from Isaiah 29. Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. Therefore, behold, I will again do a marvelous work among this people, a marvelous work and a wonder, for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hidden. Woe to those who seek deep to hide their counsel far from the Lord, and their works are in the dark. They say, who sees us and who knows us? Surely you have things turned around. Shall the potter be esteemed as the clay? Or shall the thing made say of him who made it, he did not make me? Or shall the thing formed say of him who formed him, formed it, he has no understanding? Is it not yet a very little while till Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field, and the fruitful field shall be esteemed as a forest? And that day the deaf shall hear the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. The humble also shall increase their joy in the Lord, and the poor among the people shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel, for the terrible one is brought to nothing. The scornful one is consumed, and all who watch for iniquity are cut off, who make a man an offender by a word, and lay a snare for him who reproves in the gate, 
and turn aside the just by empty words. Therefore thus says the Lord who redeemed Abraham concerning the house of Jacob, Jacob shall no, now, now, <laughs> Jacob shall not now be ashamed, nor shall his face now grow pale. But when he sees his children, the work of my hands in his midst, they will hallow my name and hallow the Holy One of Jacob and fear the God of Israel. Those also who erred in spirit will come to understanding, and those who complained will learn doctrine. Beautiful. Of course, uh, where does this, um, those who err in spirit, that is the, the spirit of the Lord, how will they come to understanding? How will those who once complained now learn doctrine, teaching? It will be by the work of the Lord's hands. He will cause them to, be, to hallow God's name, to hallow the Holy One of Jacob. He will bring fear, right? And he does so as the terrible one is brought to nothing, the scornful one is consumed. Um, all right? So it is the Lord's work, and we often forget that. Now, of course, he works through us, right? He works through us as instruments. And uh, that's our prayer, of course, that he use us to bring correction to those who have erred. Of course, he does warn us that uh, it won't necessarily go well for us um, for uh, speaking. <laughs> uh, but uh, so it goes. The Lord will take care of us. All right, Matthew 12. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples were hungry and began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. And when the disciples saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. But he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the showbread which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests? Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? Yet I say to you that in this place there is one greater than the temple. But if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. All right, Sabbath day is one of those, um, I would suggest, teachings, uh, especially of the commands, the third commandment, that is poorly understood. We don't understand that the Sabbath is to us a gift and not a burden. We treat it as a burden. Oh, I have to go to church. Oh, I don't get to work. Right? Uh, whereas the Lord says, no, it's a blessing for you. Here's rest, um, and here's here's a gift given exclusively uh, on that day of rest, is to rest in the Word of God. What a gift. Right? That isn't how we treat it, according to the flesh, but that is what it is. All right, so uh, we have that day of the week. It's the Sabbath. By the way, uh, Old Testament Sabbath is Saturday, so that would begin Friday at sunset uh, until Saturday at sunset, or modern-day Saturday. Point. Um, G- for the Christians, we uh, we shifted the Sabbath, and that was quite intentional, to the day of resurrection. So the day that we gather around word and um, sacrament is on the day of resurrection, which is the day of the sun, Sunday, right? Um, rather than of Saturn, anyway. And uh, uh, note, too, that we, kn- we have no one day of rest. That um, the Christian teaching is that every day is a day of rest in God's word. Every day is a Sabbath wholly dedicated to the Lord. That's why uh, Luther rightly reminds us in the small catechism to pray morning, noon, and night, to pray without ceasing, to quote Paul. Right? So the Sabbath uh, was always, because it means rest, it refers to the day of rest. Uh, now you think specifically of creation, right? Yes, um, the day in which God himself rested from all that he had done, 
right, which he gave then to man and woman before his sin entered the world as a day to cease from their labors and simply to receive and enjoy the fruits of their labors. Yeah, having this conversation with uh, someone else about uh, the strange practice of vacations. Now, I know everyone needs rest, um, but I don't treat my work that way. Like I need to rest from my work or rest from my children or rest from whatever. I try to, uh, to receive everything as gift and every day is a day of rest. Um, to rest in the gifts that God gives, even my work then being a gift. Uh, vacations, I mean traveling and, and going somewhere um, and enjoying you know, another place other than where you, where you make your home. Uh, there's nothing particularly wrong with that. Uh, but the idea that you need a break from the day-to-day um, suggests that maybe you're receiving the day-to-day differently than uh, it's been given by Jesus. But anyway, take that as you will. Um, so on that day, every day being wholly dedicated to the Lord, who is the Lord of the Sabbath, what do they do? Jesus and his disciples, they're hungry, so they pick some grain. Huh, why not, right? Walking through the grain field, pluck the heads of grain and you know, chew it between your teeth right, to satisfy your hunger. Ah, but that's work, isn't it? And work is only for days one through six, not day seven. So the Pharisees say, what you're doing is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. Of course, law here, does it mean lawful according to God's law? I would suggest no. It means that uh, that whole Pharisaical school, which begin, which actually becomes um, the predominant uh, school of, of Judaism, even to this day, is that there is no labor done. And there are very particular rules about that on the Sabbath. Right? But Jesus reminds them of uh, two, two things in particular. One is uh, the story of David, their favored king, right? When he and his men ate the bread of the temple on the Sabbath, no. Uh, actually, I think it was on the Sabbath, wasn't it? All right, let's go look. First Samuel chapter 21 is where that comes. Now, David came to Nob to Ahimelech the priest, and Ahimelech was afraid when he met David and said to him, Why are you alone and no one is with you? So David said to Ahimelech the priest, The king has ordered me on some business and said to me, Do not let anyone know anything about the business on which I send you or what I have commanded you. And I directed my young men to such and such a place. Now, therefore, what have you on hand? Give me five loaves of bread in my hand or whatever can be found. And the priest answered David and said, there is no common bread. There's the word ordinary or common on hand, but there is the holy bread, right? If the young men have at least kept themselves from women. (laughs) So at least in a sense, contemporarily become priests, right? And then David answered the priest and said to him, truly women have been kept from us about three days since I came out. And the vessels of the young men are holy. Like that, the, the vessels, the members, if you prefer. So these men are ceremonially, ceremonially, ceremonially undefiled. Yeah, um, The vessels of the young men are holy, and the bread is in effect common, even though it was consecrated in the vessel this day. That is in the uh, temple. So the priest gave him the holy bread, for there was no bread there but the showbread, which had been taken from before the Lord in order to put hot bread in its place on the day when it was taken away. All right. So, uh, by the way, the showbread was for the priest to eat. It wasn't just there to look at, right? but it was put before the Lord, and then that becomes part of the food that the priest would receive, those who served. Now, a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, detained before the Lord. His name was Doag the Edomite, the chief of herdsmen who belonged to Saul. And David said to Ahimelech, Is there not here on hand a spear or a sword? 
for I have brought neither my sword nor my weapons with me because of the king's business required haste. So the priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, there it is, wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. (laughs) I always love this story. Like, what's it doing there? If you will take that, take it, for there is no, no other except that one here. And David said, There is none like it. Give it to me. All right, so it wasn't a Sabbath, but it was unlawful for David and his men to eat the showbread, right? And so there it is. All right. Then Jesus brings up another point. Um, and here, this is with the priests, right? That the priests themselves, they work on the Sabbath. Well, wouldn't that be a violation of their very Sabbath laws to have work done? This is one of the reasons why uh, modern Judaism doesn't have any problem with the prohibition of work on the Sabbath because they have no temple. <laughs> um, right, so think about like what the, what the priest is to do on the Sabbath day. And on the Sabbath day, two lambs in their first year without blemish and two-tenths of an ephah of flour as a grain offering mixed with oil with its drink offering. This is the burnt offering on it for every Sabbath, besides the regular burnt offering with its drink offering. Sounds like, sounds like the priest is going to have some work to do there in the, in the tabernacle and later the temple, right? So there was never any rest for the people of God without sacrifice, that is, without labor, right? Which helps us understand the Christian Sabbath, right? We rest, but, not, but there is labor done, right? The labor is done by Christ for us. Which then gets us right to verse 6, right? Yet I say to you that in this place there is one greater than the temple, right? Who's the one greater than the temple? Oops. (laughs) Who? (laughs) I should have have said what, but who? One greater than the temple. That's Jesus. He's referring to himself, right? Now he brings up the temple in this context, not because he's there. He's out in the grain field. But because we're talking about Sabbath rest, we're talking about priests, we're talking about David and the king, and now we have the, the priest Jesus who will be the perfect sacrifice and offer it so that his disciples can have perfect rest. That's what it means to say he's Lord of the Sabbath. He has brought about Sabbath rest for you and me, his people. Right? So this goes back to Matthew 11. Uh, we were talking about uh, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's the, uh, the yoke and burden that he gives us is to forgive the sins of the repentant, right? Which is it, it's not easy for him, but it is, uh, I, well, it's not always easy for us, but that's our sinful flesh getting in the way, all right? Think about what he says back in Matthew uh, 11. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you Sabbath. If you want to use the Hebrew word instead of the Greek, or rest, translated from the Greek, right? Jesus gives rest. He doesn't demand rest. Again, I, I don't think we understand the Sabbath correctly, the idea of resting in God's word, um, you know, as much as, you know, the discipline of being here each morning at 9 a.m. for you is a, uh, you know, a burden for the flesh, if you like. Um, I find it a joy and to rest in God's word with you each day. So time just kind of flies, right? We're not even really, I have no idea how long it's taking. Um, then he quotes, again, which we've had quoted many times, Hosea 6, right? I desire mercy and not sacrifice. How many times has he quoted this? Back in Matthew 9, he quoted it, right? That was, uh, what was the context there? I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. That was in uh, when Jesus was eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners after the calling of Matthew, right? I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Quote it again, right? Uh, and so anytime he quotes, I think he's trying to give us some context, right? And in that case, he's talking about um, actually Christ's death and resurrection. It talks about how the nation will be defiled, but it will bring healing for Israel. 
our own need to be slain by God's word so that we may be raised to new life again. Go read Hosea 6, right, and 7, the context of that, right? And, for the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. We've talked about this a little bit already, right? But Lord even of the Sabbath, meaning he's Lord of everything, but in, in even of the Sabbath, even of the day of rest, he, he uh, rules. Now, we know how Jesus rules, how he kings, if you like, not with gold or silver, with, but with his holy precious blood and his innocent suffering and death, right? What is a rest for us um, is the greatest work of God for us. Isn't that a lovely text, right? So that you can receive, I think Jesus is teaching us to receive even the Sabbath, as especially the Sabbath as gift, which is where the Pharisees go completely wrong. Why? Because the Pharisees live by the law alone, and so they must interpret the Sabbath according to pure law, their law. Jesus is directing our attention to the first Sabbath that's in the garden as the real governing principle of the Sabbath. The Sabbath was about true rest of body and soul, just as Jesus had promised in the verses prior to this. Both David and the priests used the Sabbath to give rest or life, because eating refreshes and rests men's bodies. Jesus is greater than the temple. He is David, the priest, and the sacrifice. In allowing his disciples to eat, he is letting them eat as God had permitted Adam and Eve to eat freely in the garden on their Sabbath. Here he calls us to interpret all things through the gospel, that is, through mercy, not the sacrifices of the law. Okay, let's see, we sang one through three yesterday, so let's sing uh, four, five, and six today.
right. Um, as promised, I think it's fitting for us on this day, on the uh, anniversary of the independence declared against uh, the crown of England, that we pray for our government, for good government, that God restore good government amongst us and use us to do so. And uh, that, for us, according uh, to our confession of faith, would be under the uh, fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. All right. Also under the fourth commandment, uh, to honor father and mother. You remember the uh, explanation to the fourth petition, what is meant by daily bread. Daily bread includes everything that has to do with the support and needs of the body, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, land, animals, money, goods, a devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers, devout and faithful rulers. Here it is, good government, good weather, peace, health, self-control, good reputation, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. Today's a good day to remember God's gift of daily bread. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, you are the giver of every good and perfect gift that comes down from heaven above. Even to those who are not your children in Christ, you give generously all that they need for their bodies and lives. Teach me, Father, always to behold the blessings that you shower upon me and to give thanks for them. You give me what I need, not because I have deserved it, but because I am your dear child in Christ Jesus. Therefore, teach me to realize that all I have comes from you. Help me to receive all that you give uh, give me with true and genuine thanksgiving, acknowledging you as the giver of every good gift and blessing. It is not just um, that you give me my food or clothing. You provide for, my, for a society and government and men and women and various vac- vocations and callings who produce and deliver those goods for my benefit, from the weather that makes growing food possible and in abundance, to those who manufacture and distribute my goods, to those who provide the services that deliver and supply my food and clothing, to the government which protects and defends me from enemies and criminals who would take my goods away, to my parents and employers who provide for me the income to supply my needs. For all these uh, people, seen and unseen, known and unknown, I give you thanks. Guard and preserve and protect all people in their godly callings so that my nation may flourish and that you would continue through these means to provide for me all that I need each day. I pray for all families, Heavenly Father. Bless all husbands and wives, parents and children, that together they would live devout and godly lives. Be with all fathers, so that they may provide well for their families, and most of all, teach them um, to lead their families in the true worship that receives your gifts of word and sacrament. Bless all wives to be a support to their husbands and children, both inside and outside the home, as they have opportunity. Bless all parents, that they may faithfully provide for their children holding nothing back in selfishness, but providing, generously providing for all that their children need. Bless my children that they may honor and respect the parents you have given them and to recognize them as standing in your place to provide and care for them. Keep all families in peace, and wherever there is discord or strife, stir up their hearts to repentance and faith that they would overflow with forgiveness for one another. I ask your blessings upon me through my government and those who protect me. Bless the president of my nation my Congress, my judges, my governors, state representatives, mayors, and city councils, with wisdom to lead not in selfishness, but for the common good of the people they were elected to serve. Grant safety and courage to all those in my armed forces who travel through the world to keep me at home in peace and safety. Be with all policemen, firemen, corrections officers, doctors, nurses, paramedics, highway workers, social service workers, and all those in public vocations of service so that they might protect and preserve me against harm and danger, and be themselves kept safe in doing so. Grant them integrity and honesty in carrying out these holy callings for the sake of others. 
grant that they too may be found in Christ, so that they have the highest hope and comfort as they live in these callings. As I have been given to generously and graciously, so grant me the heart to give and help others generously with what I have myself been given. Grant me, Lord, never to or never to have so much that I forget you, and neither too little that I fail to fall into worry and despair, or make sinful attempts to get what I need. Father, for all those who are, have any trouble or need, grant to them a rich supply of whatever it is that they may need, food, clothing, shelter, medical care, counseling, job, or friends and loved ones. Let me, who is richly blessed with so much, be quick to open my hands in generous living for their sakes, that I may uh, might make, be the means by which you care for those in need. I offer these petitions before you on account of the bread of life, Jesus Christ, and through his holy name. Amen. Right. We pray the collect for the week, also fitting for this day. O Lord, grant that your governance may be so peaceably ordered, or that your governance may so peaceably order the course of this world, that your church may joyfully serve you in all godly quietness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray this day for deliverance against temptation and evil, for the addicted and despairing, for the tortured and oppressed, and for those struggling with sin. Let us pray to the Lord, Lord of mercy. Pray in thanksgiving with those celebrating um, the day of their birth, Abigail, those rejoicing in the gift of new life and baptism, today Crystal, for all the households of our church, especially this week with Martin and Tara, Paul, Courtney, Doug, Jim and Deb, and Robert. Continue to give thanks to God for healing for Barb. Pray for our catechumens. Pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering. We pray for our homebound. We pray for all missions and mercy work of both the church and the state, especially for Safe Harbor in Sheboygan. And we intercede on behalf of Dasha and her family and Donna, um, who is in need of help. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, that's our congregation of prayer for this um, holiday. Holy day? Really? No. (laughs) Uh, For this festive day, there we'll say that. Uh, Not a holy day unto the Lord, but uh, certainly a day that we set apart as a country uh, to recognize um, the gift of our independence. And then, like I said, I think our prayer is that God would uh, use us um, to bring correction and um, restoration to the freedoms that we once had as a a nation as well. All right. So with that, Lord be with you all. Uh, Keep you safe. I hope you uh, don't uh, blow off a hand or lose an eye today. (laughs) Fireworks. And... uh, We'll see you again in the morning, 9 a.m. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church, Sherman Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting 
stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.